For December 14th, 2020, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 650. What did you accomplish by doing all of this? Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The Overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're people occupying the pods to the right, left, up and down of you in this matrix that we call quarantined streaming television, where every week is structured around looking at the little screen at the desk during five days and then spending two days looking at the big screen that's mounted on the wall while looking at the tiny screen that you hold in your hands. I'm Matt Rather. I am uh, I am uh, looking at my computer screen right now, and on it I see <laughs> two of my very good, smart, funny friends, Mr. Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt. And Mr. Mark Lee. Hello, Mark. Hello, Matthew. I, I don't have conclusive proof that the two of you exist just based on the experience of this year, because every... Uh, every time we've interacted has been mediated through a technological device. So just judging by 2020, I don't not live in the matrix. Uh, and apparently the matrix is getting a lot more diverting because, uh, HBO Max has announced, I think we, we actually mentioned this a little while, uh, a couple episodes ago and Disney has announced that they have, uh, they have aimed, they both have aimed to launch more streaming programming on their respective streaming services than there are moments in the history of time itself. They will fill the fourth dimension up so full of, uh, uh <laughs> entertainment and informational programming that uh, the fourth dimension itself will pop like a bubble and bring on the the singularity or, you know, I don't know, something else. Make us, make us all transhuman. Um, bring it on. Can't wait. It, it'll certainly be an improvement over whatever the hell's happening right now. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, we wanted to talk about a little bit of this new, 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 new normal. Uh, but first, I just want to give a tiny update on the uh, 2020 holiday movie challenge. And boy, boy, is it, uh, boy, is it going. You should see the conversations that we're having in, uh, in our Slack in the channel that we've devoted to this so that, you know, each trying to outdo each other in the, the obscurity and the kind of feel good badness of, of the movies, uh, that we are selecting to watch and to report on, uh, for, on behalf of, of you and all the people who contributed to the holiday 2020 bad movie, Hallmark movie, challenge. So uh more on that as as it develops as 2020 winds up and we uh we bring that project to its uh its cheery and joyful conclusion where we reconnect with the you know good old fashioned country values that made us who we are and where we realize that the reason for the season is insert traditional value here. All right, let's talk about um Let's talk about streaming. Christopher Nolan made uh, raised some eyebrows after the HBO Max announcement when Warner's or AT&T announced that Warner's was going to release all of its uh, 2021 theatrical slate on HBO Max day and date with uh, the theatrical release wherever and however theatrical release is a thing or becomes a thing again in in 2021 all those films are going to be 
uh, dropped it in HBO Max. And it, it seems like not for like premium VOD. It seems like just in the mix of the regular, you know, the plain old HBO Max uh, regular subscription. Um, and uh, Christopher Nolan reacted to this by saying uh, angrily that a lot of directors, a lot of filmmakers went to bed thinking they were working for the best studio and they woke up realizing that they were working for the worst streaming service. Is this true? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What What is <laughs> the worst streaming service? Let's start I, here, Pete. I have Go for it. several candidates, but I'm sure you guys can add some as well. <laughs> hit it. Hit it, Pete. <laughs> um, I will say, I don't know if either of you guys still use the Zune store, uh, but the, the Zune no, store. No, I'm not, Pete. Tell us about the Zune store. Pete, do so, you still so, use the Zune store? I believe I. St- I think the last time that I used it was when I was watching uh, 24 Live Another Day, which we made a podcast for here. So the Zune store is currently known as Microsoft Movies and TV. And it is a similar offering to Google Play, the Google Play Store, or uh, the old Apple iTunes Store, as opposed to the new Apple TV Store. Um, and I'm, I just—it occurs to me because it's like, look, I mean, what would the what were the characteristics of the worst uh, streaming service be? I guess one of it would be nothing. You nothing's free. You have to pay for everything. Sure, uh, everything's crap, and you can't find anything you want. Um, and I, and I think, I don't know, it's not necessarily true. I mean, you know, the Microsoft, I think a lot of the pay kind of rental places have more or less the same inventory, I think at this point. And so the original programming is where the streaming services mostly differentiate from each other. But going to the Microsoft movies and TV store right now, uh, I looked at their, uh, sort of above the fold, uh, headlines and their their big things that they're promoting right now is a Let me guess, Liam Neeson movie. Is it What's Tenet? Up? Oh no, it's uh, not Tenet. Very close. Okay, extremely close. It is super close to Tenet. It is a Liam Neeson movie called Honest Thief, where a notorious bank robber turns himself in only to be double crossed by two ruthless FBI agents, as well as the Paul Hogan semi-autobiographical comedy called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee, starring (laughs) Crocodile Dundee himself as himself being knighted by the Queen of England and getting caught up in a series of comic scandals that dominate gossip shows and social media feeds. Can he keep his reputation clean long enough to hand on to his prize and his dignity? Also featuring uh, John Cleese, Chevy Chase, Wayne Knight, Reginald Vell Johnson, and Olivia Newton-John. Now, I'm not saying this is bad, and I now want to watch it. No, don't. But, no, uh, no, 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 no. Pete, please, God, <laughs> stop right now. Shut your mouth. Do not let my mother know that this film exists, because <laughs> it is squarely targeted at people in her demographic, because she loves all the people you're talking about and would pay money for this film. So okay, so fair enough. Well, one thing your mother would not want to watch is Joe Mange- Manganiello in Arch Enemy. Max Fist claims to be a hero from another dimension who fell through time and space to Earth, where he has no powers but still fights crime. So I've I've since decided that the Microsoft TV and movies is the best streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> After reading the new mutants is of course heavily featured. That is the main theatrical release that you can purchase the movie. Nobody wanted as well as an Ip man without Donnie Yen, which is sort of like Christmas without eggnog. Uh, and, um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so so okay, so one candidate. So one thing I would say is that the streaming services that are part of the sort of red box from home, where you can buy or rent most things yep. that aren't great, right? <laughs> and uh, and and they have this big inventory, but everything is for, is for pay. And if you look at what the big things they're actually selling are, it's like a whole bunch of people watching Rick and Morty, right? And a whole bunch of people watching uh, One Piece and watching Game of Thrones. Great, awesome, right? Uh, go watch, go watch, uh, that one season of DC swamp thing. Have a great time at the Microsoft movies and TV store, but I don't think you can say that it's better than HBO max. Another candidate, I have three candidates and these are all streaming services that I've used within the last year or so. Uh, although with, with, uh, Microsoft, it's probably been a little longer than that. The second candidate, uh, do either of you guys, uh, utilize Udemy at all? Uh, yes, I suppose. Yeah, I do. I guess I bought a course when it was like nine or five dollars. And then I realized that it was a small sliver of the real course, which would cost like ninety eight dollars or something right. like that. <laughs> so Udemy is great uh, in concept and in sometimes in execution, but it has a lot of problems in the execution. Right. And you can get Udemy as a channel on your streaming device. Uh, I can't guarantee you it will work. <laughs> right. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, you wait, to me is well, a you to me, wait, P, you to me, who do you, who you to me, who do you, I do you, you to me, we to us, <laughs> right? Like third base, <laughs> the very excellent Mr. Dundee. Uh, so you to me is an online platform for purchasing courses that has a very, very wide range of courses that are available and has several practices that are difficult to deal with sometimes. Right. One of them is that, Many Udemy courses are very, very extremely marked down for specific sales that happen on holidays or other sorts of random days, wherein something might be marked down 90%, right? 95%. And you might not really know what you're getting. Like in your case, you bought something that looked like it was too good to be true, because, but it was, you know, it's the internet. So you could go on YouTube and see something sort of like it for free. But you, you know, you paid some money to watch on Udemy and you ended up only getting, you know, a brief sample of a larger course. But it's possible there's a course out there that's marked at like $150 that you could pay, you know, $15 to, to look at, but you have to wait for that, like, certain point where it's on sale, or maybe it's always on sale and the old price was a lie, and it's hard to tell, right? Um, and also, like, many of the people on it have uh, kind of manipulate the pricing mechanism and sort of manipulate people's purchasing behavior yeah, by making, like, many, 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 many episodes of tiny, tiny bits of lectures. Yes, I think, right? that's, I think that second one is correct. I think it's like big box retail. Now. It's like uh, Gap or Banana Republic or something where it's like the, the real pr- – the, the sticker price does not actually matter. Cars are like this a lot, in, in fact, right? Like, it's right. – you can just pretty much knock about 35% off the sticker price of any clothes that you see in – you know, in a gap. And, uh, if you pay more than that, you're, you're getting taken advantage of. That was my, that was my impression of you to me, but that like, yes, the, the, it did have a drug dealer model where like the first one is free. And if you want, if you like this course and want part two, that'll be, you know, $75 or something. Right. Right. And like, so, so what I'm not saying necessarily that the courses on you to me are the worst courses, but just to give you a sampling of like why I might think Udemy is the worst streaming service, I, one of the things I've used Udemy for is language learning, right? I got a French class before I went to France for my honeymoon that I got on Udemy. Um, but I think Udemy is real ha, bread ha. And, Yeah, exactly. Ha, ha. Uh, but I think Udemy's real bread and butter is like tech and professional development courses. 
but say, so I, with no, you know, I don't think that I have any cookies for Udemy on this computer that I'm using. I go to Udemy, I'm not logged in. And it's like five courses in Python are like the main thing that it's like, hey, you could take this advanced course in Python. It normally costs $139, but you can get it for $19.99. Don't you want to take the complete Python bootcamp from zero to hero? And it's like, Dude, how many people are just like trolling around at 930 on a, on a Sunday night when we're recording this and are just like, you know what I want to do? I really want to go from zero to hero and I'm willing to spend one hundred and thirty nine dollars on it. But it would be really great if it was less than 20. Right. Like, <laughs> and, oh, so finally, somebody speaks to me. Right. Um, By the way, if you, believe- Pete, <laughs> if you want to learn to Python, just email me. I'm going to send you some PDFs. OK. <laughs> I mean, I'll try to I, I try to work on these pythons every day in the in the home gym, but no such luck. I, when I'm when I'm bench pressing my baby on the couch is probably the best that I do. Peter, but you, yeah, uh, but, are you yeah. are you offering a discount right now on tickets? Ninety five percent off. I will lift my baby for free <laughs> on t- on tickets to the gun show. Tickets to the Python gun show. Um, yeah, if you want to send me some links to learn Python, I the thing I really need to learn and get better at is Power BI. I'm not so good at Power BI, and I need to be better at it for work. Um, and that, I mean, I know if someone from work hears that, hopefully they won't be like, oh, a gasp, uh, Pete needs to be better at power BI. How dare he say that? Right. Um, I would also, I, I'm curious whether LinkedIn learning is better than Udemy, um, in terms of the interface. I do know that the video player on Udemy has given me no end of problems as I've tried to watch the episodes. And also that. Uh, you end up getting lots and lots of emails from anybody who ever sold you a course as they give you constant updates on the other things that they're currently working on. Um, and and a furthermore, if you get the app on your streaming device, I cannot not even come close to guaranteeing you that it will work at all. Like I have I have been trying for, for this entire lockdown to get my Udemy account to play on my Apple TV. And it says it has an app that does it. But for some reason, it won't take my password. And, and I've reset it a bunch of times and it doesn't work. So so I would suggest that if there is any streaming service out there that has content that you would want to look at, but really could benefit from a big old top to bottom, you know, uh, 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 just overhaul of how they handle streaming media, I would put Udemy like right up there. Now, granted, such things are expensive and I don't know what kind of money they have to do that sort of thing. Um, and also they may have done it in the last few months and I would have no idea because I haven't been able to log in. But uh, <laughs> but at any rate, all right, what's number third? Yeah, that's the second service, candidate. What's number three? Yes. No, okay. So the number three candidate for the worst streaming service that I use, and this one I use almost every week, and I I, I only bring it up because I think I'm the only person who subscribes to it. So I I subscribe to the Motor Trend streaming service, um, and I and I do so pretty much explicitly in order to watch the. Uh, Custom car modification show Bitchin' Rides, which I like a lot, as well as the spinoff Bitchin' Bootcamp, which was the reality show to find a mechanic. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. Have I have I ever talked about Bitchin' yes. Rides on yeah, the show? Yeah, before? We talk, we, we, yeah, we talked. We sounds. I mean, in what sense is it a streaming service and not like a website where they post videos sometimes? Uh, I mean, because it's, I mean, when I go on my streaming device, it looks just like Netflix, oh, right? It has, a, it, it. Ha- it has an icon, it has an Apple TV app. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's got a subscription charge that you pay. Like I pay, I think it's like $5 a month. Now, if what you're looking for is Motor Trend as its own streaming service, 
I think that the Motor Trend streaming service is pretty good, right? It's got a whole lot of shows about cars, mostly old cars, mostly people fixing them, working on them, or buying or selling them at auction, right? Uh, however, I have to think that perhaps the mission of this channel is extraordinarily narrow, right? It, at this, so what it's really proposing is streaming service as a magazine, right? It's like because a yeah. magazine subscription to Motor Trend would cost you, you know, maybe five dollars a month. And so it's like, well, why don't we just give them a Netflix full of cars for, for $5? But we have the cars. There's lots of cars, right? There's lots of people who have cars. There's lots of people who drive cars. There's a show about mudding that's got like 400 episodes or something. I think they come out with a new one every day, rain or shine, uh, sort of like our podcast, you know, indefatigable and unstoppable. But this is a streaming service that I use that has an uh, just an extraordinarily narrow, I have to think. Just to be its own thing, because it's not like the other streaming services don't have car shows. I mean, they they might not have these car shows. It's also, I believe, the rebranding of what used to be known as the Velocity Channel. So it is something of a leftover, or at least a transformation from the problematic. I don't. I mean, here I don't mean problematic in the in the sense that's that's in vogue, but the sort of difficult. Uh, commercial arrangement wherein you would have very small cable channels that were able to be viable for even a short period of time because they were able to get onto your basic cable plan and bundle. I'm thinking about Trio. Um, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think about other channels that I liked that I I know I was the only person watching at any given time, right? But but I was but some you know one dollar of my exorbitantly priced cable subscription was making its way down to these folks, and that was enough for them to keep the lights on. Um, and, uh, and certainly less than $1 for them. And so the velocity channel felt like one of those, it was a cable channel that had car shows on it and it was either bought or had always been part of motor trend. And then they just rebranded it motor trend. Presumably now, maybe it's even more popular than the magazine. I have no idea, but I would suggest that if, if Christopher Nolan were to find out tomorrow that Tenet was being exclusively released on the Motor Trend streaming app, <laughs> that he would probably be more upset than he is that it is being released on HBO Max. And I would furthermore say that most of the people whose work is released on the Motor Trend streaming app, if they were to find tomorrow that their work was being released on HBO Max, would be over the moon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I have no idea about the commercial arrangements, how much they get paid, which is really the main thing that you would want to be concerned about. All so, right. OK, OK, um, I could do you, I could do you worse than all that, Pete. OK, OK. I'm talking about a streaming service that costs a staggering forty dollars a month. What only, only offers fitness programming and requires a $2,000 piece of proprietary hardware in order to watch. Shut your... I, I am, of course, referring to Peloton. Shut your, dirt, okay. shut your dirty mouth. It's glorious. It's glorious. He I has love- a point, though. He has a point, Mark. Continue, I, I, elaborate. I, I, I'm sure it is. Um, but, okay, I, I, I'm sure Peloton is worth every red cent uh, that one pays for it. But, yes, if Christopher Nolan... Uh, found all of his extensive movie catalog on Peloton um, that became like somehow programming for people to uh, you know to pedal and and sweat uh, on their very expensive bikes. I, I think he might be a little more upset about that. Okay, I so would be overjoyed. That is the best idea I've ever heard. Like the new Christopher Nolan movie is only okay. available okay. on Peloton. Folks, let, let's some real talk about Christopher Nolan here, okay, right? Okay, he who was being so precious about the theatrical experience and puts his movies out on 70 millimeter film and cares so much about look and sound and all this kind of stuff right cannot mix the sound in his movie so that you can actually hear what is going on right like he is this man is high on his own supply 
I, I got to get that off my chest here, right? Okay, there are plenty of things to be said about you know the various grievances that all these filmmakers have against um, AT and T, Warner Media, HBO Max, all these sorts of different things here. But uh, Christopher Nolan, like you, you just 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 chill for a second here, okay? I mean- yeah. Okay. 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 There's, so let's 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 talk about the thing here. I right? mean, there, there are like, a couple. Well, uh, so there, th- yeah, there are a couple things with that. One is Mark in 2021 when it's a new year and I'm a new me because of the use of the Peloton and you are not <laughs> you are the same old you. We'll see who's laughing then, my friend. <laughs> we'll see who's laughing. I, then. I would just like to suggest that becoming a new you is highly overrated, as is evidenced by the uh, success of the very excellent Mr. Dundee on the Microsoft TV and movie store. <laughs> the old me is sometimes what people are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. Um, I don't have his I don't have, nearly have his his charisma, his curate or or right. right whatever it is i mean i think some of this d- depends on the definition of what streaming sir of what streaming service is right like the i think we have to distinguish between the the ones that um I think the one uh, we have to distinguish between the ones that are more or less video rental stores that are like yeah. sort of digital blockbusters. And I would put your, your Google's play and your Apple's movie store. Uh, Apple's is so, is so confused. And this is actually, I mean, you know, you can say a lot of things about Apple products and a lot of people don't like them, but like they generally have a coherent product lineup, right? Like they're, they're, their SKUs generally tell a story. Like if you want the fancy computer, there's this one. And if you want the mid-range computer, that's this one. Or if you're on the go and you want the computer that's small, there's this one, right? Like, and the, the iPhone lineup is, is sort of the same, the same way makes no sense. The, the sort of the stuff that they're offering and now completely complicated by the fact that they're launching a whole bunch of like premium content services for fitness to like compete with Peloton sort of near that price point, though actually maybe at about half the price point, but, but, and news and I don't even get it. Um, you know, but the, 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 just remember, just remember, Pete, Apple TV plus is what you watch in the TV app on the Apple TV. Okay? So okay. if you want Apple TV Plus, go to your Apple TV. Oh, that's Apple TV Plus. No, that's your Apple TV. On right. that, go to TV. Okay, that's right. Apple TV Plus. No, that's not Apple TV Plus. That's TV. But in TV is Apple TV Plus on the Apple TV. Uh, clear? Totally. Crystal. Totally understandable. <laughs> well, Christopher um, Nolan is on board with it, so yeah. <laughs> so wait, so which? Okay, I had forgot. I had not even mentioned. Oh man, I, I don't even want. I don't want to get off our topic and start talking about Ted Lasso or talking about when Cobra Kai was on YouTube Premium, which I also subscribe to, which is which is not so much a a streaming service as a commercial waiver at this point. Yeah, it's but, an extortion. Uh, it's an extortion racket. Right. Uh, the, the, it's the, it's the, we're going to make your experience terrible by putting, <laughs> by putting terrible advertisements in the middle of your videos of, of affable British men solving Sudokus on a daily basis. Right. <laughs> at the, at like just a weird point where they're about to, to reveal a, you know, a, a, a hidden triple. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, w- I would believe it was an extortion racket more if they seemed more enthusiastic about you participating in it, right? Like, they seem to be fairly ambivalent about whether anyone uses YouTube Premium you or not. Want, you, don't, you don't get an app every time you open any sort of YouTube client, whether it's on the phone or on the uh, on the computer. You don't get a little pop up that that keeps te- that tells you that you can like uh, eliminate advertisements and also like stream music. Um, because it won't shut off when you lock the screen, et cetera, et cetera. If you do, I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's been slightly slightly less aggressive than Mormon missionary. I had no idea because I subscribed to YouTube premium because I recognized before most people that Cobra Kai was the best show of the year. (laughs) And I really wanted to watch it. And so I subscribed to YouTube premium and YouTube for YouTube premium, you know, I have no ads. And then also I'm able to listen to YouTube as a podcast when my phone is off, which was a weird thing that it let me do. I don't know if I would still have to be able to do that, uh, but it was useful because there were certain things on YouTube I would watch that were really more uh, podcasts than uh, than videos. And you there were even certain were, things that I can listen to on a podcast. But. When you were working the Pythons. Yes, when we're going to my Pythons, exactly. <laughs> but that, that you know, so there's there's sort of a different thing between the the video rental yeah. stores. Um, and sorry about the digression into Apple's confusing oh, no, no, product no. lineup in this uh, in this respect, but it is kind of uncharacteristic. Um, the the like, um, so uh, you know the the streaming sir i mean like what are the streaming services i guess and i mean i am really taken pete with your idea of like something as a magazine you know and i i subscribe to a couple like patreons you know where i give direct support to people who make something that i like you know that i would mm-hmm. like to throw a couple dollars behind by the way overthinking com slash join if you feel like that about us and like to, to a certain extent i suppose i am subscribing to a streaming service though the streaming service in question is usually delivered over is usually delivered over youtube um in you know unlisted videos is the is like the the height of security that they put on the uh that they put on the thing um that they that they put on their their content stream i mean we're a streaming service by by a certain definition i wonder you know i wonder if christopher nolan found his movies released in the digital library of overthinking it in the members area whether he feels like it would be an upgrade or a downgrade from uh from um from HBO Max, I'm not sure it would affect our our subscriber numbers, but I feel like the thing the 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 HBO Max feels like a bad neighborhood, right? Because they're they're charging a premium price, and and what they did with HBO Max was that they took HBO content, right, which was this library of original content that you couldn't, um, it was this original content you couldn't get anywhere else plus uh, a library like of of movies that they licensed to show on HBO or increasingly to sort of stream yeah. on digital and or which they, they had the rights to already because it's uh, the same company right and yeah. through this through this kind of set of acquisitions now the kind of the the number of things that they have a, a right to uh have all been put into uh have all been been kind of amalgamated and put into and put into the app um and they also licensed friends i think so the mm-hmm. the which was a joke in the 30 rock episode that was also nbc's upfronts the 30 rock quarantine reunion episode where uh they said all your favorite hbo shows and how about fret and Jack Donaghy slapped slapped Liz Lemon in the face because because uh, that's the kind of show that is. And they they um, are not they licensed friends. So 
so you had this sort of premium, the closest thing to a premium product in entertainment, right? And then all of a sudden you just open up this, this, uh, kind of flea market in, in the middle where like all, all this stuff is all of a sudden in the, it's like you, you, I don't know. It's like you, you opened a McDonald's in the middle of Le Cirque or what's, I don't know. What's a fancy restaurant these days. That's probably like 20 years out of date, that reference, but like you, you opened a, you, you opened a, uh, an old name in the middle of the Hermes store, right? And that that doesn't, I, I mean, I think that like there is a perceived drop in value that happened when they did that, right? When they per- pursued that strategy that um, the... Uh, uh, that people are that people react to when they talk about HBO Max, right? Like it's confusing because it's based on a set of like corporate. It's it's based on a, like a mergers and acquisitions chart and not based on any kind of coherent brand identity. Um, and you know it is it is bad in that like here's here's my ju- here's my one my one uh, criterion for judging the the value the quality of a streaming service. How easy is it? to change profiles so that my AI generated recommendations are different <laughs> from my girlfriend's AI generated <laughs> recommendations. Uh, right. Because that's, that's um, when you watch things, like if you watch things on each other's profiles, like monsters, you know, the AI can't develop a sophisticated model of your preferences and leave you wired in your, in your matrix pond. So in, in, uh, generally you go, there's like a little bug in the corner that represents your, your account. You go and tap on that bug somehow. And, uh, you know, you're offered the opportunity to switch. Um, on the HBO app, you are offered uh, a secondary menu, which shows the current um, shows the current profile. You have to arrow down to get to the button that says switch, and then you're presented with the list of profiles to switch to. Now that is terrible. That is the worst <laughs> streaming. Of course, I want to switch. That's why I, no one comes to this menu if they don't want to switch. This is not the little gear representing <laughs> settings, trying to like you know put your password in for the thirtieth time, right? Or or connect your Bluetooth headphones, whatever, so you don't wake anyone else in the apartment. No, this is the account menu, and I want to switch accounts uh, because I want to watch November Man starring uh, starring. The the one and the only not Liam Neeson, not Liam Neeson. Oh God, it's it's uh, it's it's Pierce Brosnan. Um, the the, the other uh, you know weathered uh, sexy Irish action star, <laughs> and uh, and you know she'll have none of that. Um, so that's how, that's how I mean, I why watch why buy a streaming service that lets you watch Weatherman when you can rent Weatherman for three ninety nine from the Microsoft TV and movie store? <laughs> um, but no, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it is worth noting that Christopher Nolan a like has some actual complaints, right? That that he's right in in the sense that he's angry. Um, also, b that wait wait wait, how, wait things people who are angry are right like that's i'm gonna have to reevaluate twitter no, no 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 sorry d is right to even i feel like our kickoff here was 
the absurd claim that HBO Max is the worst streaming service, which is only absurd because there are so many other streaming services, which we've already illustrated. Um, I'm not convinced that Tenet on Peloton isn't like Oscar worthy, but we will see how that works out. The, 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 but underneath all of that, I want to acknowledge that, first of all, if the guy who's the director and auteur and sort of big name creative behind one of the biggest products that you're launching on your new product after you launch immediately goes out in public and says the product sucks, right? Like you probably should have had a meeting with him before he did this, right? Like, or, or at least a different meeting than the one that you had, right? Like HBO max probably shouldn't have moved forward with this without Christopher Nolan being on board is one suggestion because one would think that, that you're trying to sell the streaming service. You're trying to sell his movie. Uh, you, you don't want, I mean, if he hates it, then why would you get it? Well, is I think sort of that, the question. I think they are trying to sell the streaming service. And like one of the one of the analyses I've heard about this is that firms, you know, firms with recurring revenue are, are valued at a multiple of of revenue rather than mm-hmm. at a multiple of EBITDA, and that like. Um, that that actually like that really accounts for why people are why we're getting these kind of like subscriptions everywhere everywhere we look is kind of subscriptions and sort of rental of things rather than the the old like Steve Jobsian uh, sort of t- you know article of faith that like people want to own their their music as though they were the records in on your on your shelf you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that, I mean, so I, I think actually w- what you said was right in two senses, the one you meant it and another that like people are, they're trying to sell HBO max and they've done a very bad job of selling HBO max, by the way, fewer than 10 million subscriptions, re- you know, relative to like, I think Netflix has, Netflix is basically a utility. You get it hooked up with water and, and, uh, and gas and then the you know the hulu or whatever has has more disney plus had the you know super successful launch um so like they're trying to sell it but they're also trying to sell it you know and that Mm -hmm. like i the the kind of unbundling the unbundling of this great great bundle uh so that the phone company is not in the entertainment business it seems like it it might be on the uh might be on the horizon though who knows maybe this move will be so successful that it it becomes the new it becomes the new juggernaut and becomes the you know Pete, important clarification, right? Like, you know, they're uh, should they try to bring Christopher Nolan on board? Like, well, yes, but also just to be clear, right? Tenet is not one of kind of like you know these the slate of movies that was you know in 2021 originally supposed to have a theatrical exclusive release, but now was getting this sort of simultaneous thing here, right? It's just like Christopher Nolan has this uh, very long-standing relationship with the Warner Studio. Um, gotcha. right, and like whatever his next big thing is going to be on this. And so, you know, Christopher Nolan is really just ob- objecting on principle, right? You know, and along with like, you know, other folks like John Chu, right? Who, uh, well, principle and economics as well, too, right? And John Chu, Lynn Women, Miranda, sure. other many very prominent filmmakers and creatives who don't like this move for a variety of reasons. But like, you know, uh, what, what this comes down to is like Warner knowing that they can flex at this time here, that they have a ton of leverage. Right, that theatrical right. has a very dim outlook in 2021. They want to break, uh, you know, the this this model for all the reasons that we we've, we've been talking about, and so they're taking this opportunity. They're they're taking the heat on it for sure, but um, this is their kind of like, uh, in a certain way, an obvious uh, calculated uh, corporate decision. Yeah. On their I part. mean, they think they can flex. Let's clarify because we don't know for certain that they can flex. Uh, for one, they're almost certainly going to be embroiled in a ex- extended, protracted legal conflict with Legendary, right? Um, and Legendary, is, which is, I think, Christopher Nolan's 
company. Yeah. Oh, at least, right? at least them, because a lot of the, a yeah. lot of directors, you know, at, at that high a level that so you have incentive comp tied to the box office performance of your movies. And if your your movies don't have box office performance per se, and, and by the way, if, if you're undercutting the box office performance, if you're sort of like, you're, is that technically self-dealing? But if you, if you are, you know, if one hand is washing the other by undercutting the box office uh, performance while collecting revenue from a streaming service where you don't give out, you know, performance numbers uh to to anyone like all all these things are like very famously tight-lipped about their uh their metrics which are much more exact than the sort of panel based um you know the sampling based uh, uh nielsen stuff though i guess nielsen has like set top boxes now as well that they that they use but like uh and and uh yeah you're you're probably in breach of contract in some fashion because the the uh you know you're you're denying people their money or it looks like a move to pay them less right 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 well it probably is a move to pay them yeah less, i mean right? well that or i mean even if it is and i i actually uh, do believe that like hey look let's skate to where the puck is going to be is probably a lot of this and that like 2020 has provided a lot of cover for pretty massive transformations in in how a lot of life is conducted and you know this is just the you know this is just the latest um or this is just the one that we're talking about at the moment i'm not even sure it's the latest there've probably been four or five since then uh, that that um you know if you were to uh if you were to engage in a uh, a you know conspiracy to to bilk people out of their money for you know making a great wonder woman movie or whatever this is what it might look like fair enough got it all right so so also i will ask one here's one little trivia question uh i'm trying to find the right metric for this but let's just operate it off of uh revenue right in terms of revenue which is bigger the parent company of HBO Max or the parent company of Legendary Pictures? Yeah, well, AT and T. Not really. Oh no. <laughs> the parent company. Some people are not aware of what's happened with movies over the course of the last twenty years. Legendary Pictures is owned by a massive Chinese property development corporation called the Wanda Group, oh. which uh, which um, makes which pulls in about and it's actually made WandaVision. It did not make WandaVision, um, but it's <laughs> it's. Uh, Legendary is part of the sort of WandaVision is on the wrong streaming service. (laughs) This is one of the reasons I chafe so much when people call these things Hollywood movies, right? Uh, You know, Godzilla versus King Kong in a strict sense is not really a Hollywood movie, right? Like it's uh, or whatever. It's um, these legendary legendary is part of this new international new kind of uh, private investment model for financing motion pictures, which involves these syndicates, right? That all have these various agreements and expectations that they're going to get certain shares of profit or various kinds of definitions of profit. Right. Uh, And the idea that this whole thing is being run soup to nuts by a movie studio based in Hollywood is kind of outdated. And and so I, what I would just add to the consideration is that, like, sure, HBO might think that it's the big fish, but, like, it might realize that some of the companies that it's made these arrangements with are not small and, and furthermore, are maybe more profitable than they are. Now, I don't think that the Wanda Group has a market capitalization that is it is the same level as Warner Media. Uh, I'm just having it far, hard to find on really short notice, like, what the market cap of Warner Media is, well, but uh, they're, what, they're also AT and T. At least, uh, see, oh, yeah. maybe you've been following this a little bit uh, as well in the business press. Like they're massively indebted. 
right. And right. so, you know, this, this sort of weakens their position in, in a different way than, than even what you're talking about, that they might actually be, they might, you know, uh, have, they might have brought a knife to a gunfight, um, you know, in terms of relative corporate heft, right? Gotcha. Oh, so AT&T, does AT&T still own Warner Media? Yeah, all this is oh, being done by AT&T. Oh, I thought they got rid of them. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, you, I, you might be thinking of the AOL Time Warner merger from uh, about yeah, 20 years. Yeah, I, had thought, before, I had so. thought that that had dissolved. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So everything has come back. So No, so, this is about a monopoly play. It's about, you know, bundling all these crap services together so that, uh, you know, um, HBO Max is zero rated on your AT&T wireless service um, so that you keep you paying, shoveling money towards AT&T and paying for this dump, what ought to be a dump pipe, but instead is being branded as services. Gotcha. So AT&T then has owned it only for the last two years. That So I, I lost track of that. Okay. So that is. Yeah. Got yeah a lot happened over the last yeah. two years. But still, it's, it's kind I of mean, nuts. I still think that and part of this is is, is uh, personal experience that I want to talk about is like if you have these existing contracts with other companies and arrangements for how you're going to share revenue about collaborative projects like you should be careful. <laughs> you're not Facebook. You don't have no you don't own no but nothing. You can't just cut people out. Right. You can't you, you know, you could try. But like some of those other groups are going to have a little bit more in terms of the ability to defend themselves than, you know, the Winklevoss twins. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, notably, who um, um, AT&T definitely ha- has uh, over a barrel and who has like very little leverage are the exhibit exhibitor chains in particular, like AMC and Regal. Right. right who, which is also um, largely owned by the Wanda Group. So AMC is is 38% owned by the Wanda Group, which also owns Legendary Pictures, which is also the company that I think Christopher Nolan is working with, with with the residuals that he's not getting and the people he's – anyway, it's it's a whole tangled mess is what I'm saying. And, and so maybe they think they can cut the Gordian knot. I'm curious to think if – they're to see if they're actually going to get away with it. Yeah. So um, can we zoom out for a second here? Like, like mm-hmm. what are we talking about when we're talking about – this uh, enormous change that HBO Max may or may not be uh, precipitating here, right? Are we talking about just like kind of, you know, uh, uh, moving chessboard piece, chess pieces around a chessboard or on, on corporate titans? Or are we talking about something really more fundamental about how culture gets made and distributed and uh, kind of weaves its way into the American mindset? It's tough to say because, I mean, part of the issue is you have this inventory of stuff that you can't put in movie theaters in the United States because of COVID. Right. Right. And, and so like, that's the question is how you handle that. Now, I guess the question then is, is this going to be sticky? Are we going to, uh, when COVID is, you know, when, when sufficient people have been immunized either voluntarily or involuntarily against COVID, you know, uh, and I don't mean that in terms of being forced to take a vaccine. I mean, jokingly like getting it over and over again. Um, but uh, when, when people are no longer taking public precautions against COVID, are there good? Are people not going to go to the movie theaters anymore? I guess is the, is that the question that you're that you're posing here? And where because it's been something that's been said for a long time, right? Like that's that, part of it, and it's yeah. and it's happened. I mean, it it has come to pass, right? But but slowly, it's been this sort of slow motion thing. And the, and in in dying businesses, there's sometimes just a lot of revenue that you can squeeze out. That's not you know you don't have to go do the new thing if you have like two decades of of making a 
decent profit doing something, you know, that is outdated and will eventually be, uh, you know, like, uh, like the, the, the Duras family will one day, uh, rule the empire. And Gowron says perhaps, but not today. Uh, the, the, that can be a, a totally good business, right? Like, but, but I don't know with like with a lot of stuff move to online stuff, it seems like it has accelerated. The pace of change has accelerated drastically out of necessity, you know, over the last what eight months, uh, in, in the U S um, food on, you know, ordering food online, transacting all kinds of things, uh, online working, you know, remote work, which was, you know, a trend that Pete, I know you were sort of at the forefront of, and that I've done a lot of, um, because of my line of work and that like now everyone does it, you know, almost everyone, um, you know, and which is a lie, by the way, not almost everyone does it because all of those, you know, online things that you order have to, have to get to you, um, somehow and they're you know we're developing a faceless underclass of gig workers but that's a different podcast the the uh you know the the change the pace of change has accelerated to such a point that like what even the bounce back might be to sort of uh a shadow of its of its former self right um in the united states in the united states yeah, yeah. and it, i and i don't know globally i mean maybe globally like a lot of places in the one I'm familiar with is in, in Africa, just skipped wired internet, you know, and went straight to wireless uh, internet because the, the, when they were getting that technology that it was available and, you know, was a, you know, was a better. So like, you don't, you don't necessarily have to go through your market. Doesn't necessarily a developing market that is, doesn't have to go through necessarily the same stages of evolution that the, the developed market went through while it was developing the, uh, while it was developing the technology. And I mean, like, you know, what do you do? Right? Like, well, I, I think the kind of the ultra high end is one potential area where you basically make, um, you basically make movie theaters like vinyl records where it's like, oh, my God, we can charge $20 American for a record album again, <laughs> provided <laughs> we put it on plastic. Right, uh, this is the Alamo Draft House. Sell you a cocktail for $12 while you're watching the movie that yeah, you paid like 16, 20 bucks. They're for not selling you a cocktail for $12. They're selling you an experience for $12. <laughs> oh, the that cocktail. is that is an excellent. Well, actually, Pete, <laughs> my, I tip my hat to you. <laughs> I mean, there's a cocktail, and then there's a cocktail where you're doing a Q&A with Nicolas Cage. I don't know if those things are worth the same. But no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I I guess what the, the example that comes to mind that I was just thinking about earlier today, and I'm, I'm curious about. So, so okay, so I guess the context for a lot of this, right, To is that we saw the big movie theater chains grow and swallow up a whole ton of the smaller movie theater businesses over the course of the last, what, 30, 20, 30 years? Uh, and it seemed like everything was becoming an AMC or a Lowe's. And then I think they were the same company, but it's pretty clear that, you know, since I've been out in the boonies with a baby, I've forgotten the last two years of mergers and acquisitions inside the United States. Um, but but that, like, these big movie theater chains were coming to dominate all movies. And now the big movie theater chains are finding that their scale itself is a problem. And in return, in terms of COVID now, granted, small movie theater chain, not easier to survive right now, but 
the question of, oh, are we too big, right? Um, oh, is this is this not viable for us? Are we not able to to muscle through this business relationship? Is our sort of is is the it's basically when we get to the point that we are monopoly, we will be able to charge more and make more profit. Okay, we made it to the point where we're nearly a monopoly. Oh no, our business is gone, right? And it's like, well, then what you could potentially go back and say is, well, all of that time that you thought that you were going to become this monopoly that was going to eventually be able to charge more, you were incorrect about what was going to happen. <laughs> and there there are a lot of businesses in the United States right now, and I won't name names, <laughs> there's a lot of businesses in the world right now where their model is, at some point, we'll be a monopoly and we'll make a ton of money. And it's like, you don't necessarily know if that's what's going to happen. I mean, the example that comes to mind for me, and this is a company near and dear to my own heart, and, and uh, I am actually, of course, still a subscriber to their service, is Barnes & Noble, Right which was recently put up for sale, I believe. Uh, and the Barnes & Noble, of course, the subject of the uh, chilling uh, uh, Luddite horror thriller, You've Got Mail, right? Which is about, <laughs> about the encroachment of big tech into a Main Street uh, uh, business and retail business in the United States as set as a metaphor for sexual congress between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Um, it's about the big bookstores gobbling up the small bookstores and, and and I don't know if we've grappled perhaps with the irony that like, yeah, the big bookstores gobbled up the small bookstores and got to be really big and now they're dying. Right. Sure. <laughs> and, and the question is, well, what was the benefit of gobbling up all the small bookstores? Like, what did you accomplish that by doing all of this? And and of course, you can't know the future, but certainly at the time you might have thought you did. And so it's interesting to consider the degree to which people thought they knew what was going to happen in all these different situations. They thought that. You know, Barnes and Noble. I mean, I worked for Barnes. I was a senior bookseller at Barnes and Noble. I I, uh, I reorganized the the warehouse for their used book when I one of my summer jobs. I reorganized some of the uh, categorization in their used book distribution hub in Paramus, New Jersey, which is a fancy way of saying I put new labels on the on the shelves in the warehouse um, and did a lot of lifting and carrying of stuff. But but the point being that like there, I think there it's interesting to see the future not come true. Uh, at the same time that we're facing yet another inexorable prediction of how the future is going to come true. Um, and that's not to say that the future won't happen this way either, because we don't know it won't. Right. But it's just it's interesting. It's uh, and exciting, I suppose, is one way I would put it. You know, since the stakes here are like they're high, but they're not. I mean, there are things with cat more catastrophic stakes than whether you get to watch Tenet on your Peloton or not. Right. Like in the world right now, we have in that brief situation where we all have bigger things to worry about. Um, I would love, I would love a, like in the Batman trilogy, an action sequence where like Batman dies if I don't generate enough kilojoules <laughs> of pedaling. You um, could probably get that now, but it's just not the official in canon movie. Oh, right? I used to get, oh yeah, sure. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I, I used maybe. to, they used to do at, at my gym when, when gyms were a thing there, they used to do classes where there were like metrics for, and they would divide you arbitrarily by like row into teams and you would you know compete against the other the other rows and you'd get the the thing so yeah it's a you know we can we can build it pete we have the technology you know the <laughs> we can guys guys guys, guys warner media sitting on a gold line here right they set up their pelton competitor they hire christian bale as batman to be the instructor on the video and he's just like growling at you to pedal faster I want you to look down. That's your resistance knob. You turn it to the right. And the world gets darker like the night. 
and then you this turn is, it. This is the <laughs> this is the workout you deserve, not the workout that. You... This is the true tragedy of the passing of Heath Ledger because he would have been amazing at this. It really would have been something. <laughs> he would have been a great Peloton instructor. <laughs> and you never know the things that aren't going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but oh, um, but yeah. So I'm trying to think. I guess could they get it set up on mirror? Is that? <laughs> Oh, there's just so many. There's so many attempts out there. We are at a point in time where a lot of people are trying a lot of stuff. I'll give them that. Yes, yes. Okay, so stakes, right? Uh, let's yeah. look, kind of elevate, try to elevate, blow out the stakes as much as mm, possible stakes. here, right? Mm, delicious steak. Um, so we we talked before about like you know like the <clears throat> these big questions about how mass culture is getting made and produced. Like, okay, fine. So let's like spin it out. Let's say like uh, you know, are we facing this apocalyptic future? Where um, we don't gather in movie theaters uh, that have been uh, that are displaying content that are uh, you know produced by these just enormous titans of industry that can shovel billions of dollars into this effects-driven spectacle, like and we and we don't share that with people anymore. Like, have we? Um, and and that we are all the poorer for that, right? That you know I didn't get to see X enormous blockbuster with 400 people in a room, and somehow like my soul is missing out. On something that um, was beautiful uh, and came about in the late 20th century, well, the early 20th century, and then died in the early 21st century. I guess that's the worst that could happen. Well, what do you think? What do you think about that, Mark? Mm, I, I mean, I I kind of buy into that like a little bit, right? We talked about this many times on the podcast. Like, I, we are all um, pretty big proponents of the theatrical experience, and. Um, I mean, you know, every time you hear about like you know an audience experience or something, it's just like it's it, it, and it's more pronounced in like true live performance, you know, live theater, live music, and things like that. But like you know, it, it you we are dependent on these repeated reminders of our shared experience and our joint sense of humanity that um, you know I exist with other souls with with depth and personality as opposed to um, just other usernames on my Twitter scroll. That are also uh, you know dunking on this thing that I think is stupid. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say like you know that um, some golden age of sorts will have passed if you know, our movie go our movie going culture disappears. But I will say that we have all, we would have also lost something, mm. and w- what we have gained in replacement of that might not um, provide us with the same sort of satisfaction. So oh, so. Okay. So here's I'm mean, sorry, Matt. Do you want to jump in? No, I, I I have thoughts, but I don't want to jump in. So why don't you? So so uh, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Mark. I would frame one other thing, which is uh, I'm, I'm just curious about people leaving the house, <laughs> right? Like I like at some point we're all going to get to be able to leave again. <laughs> and again, maybe you're listening to this and you've been able to leave the whole time. And again, I'm exaggerating. You know, the the, the claims that people by and large in the United States are under lockdown are exaggerated. Most people actually don't have their civil liberties impugned all that much. The economic activity is hugely disrupted. But like you yourself are generally not in prison. Right. You might think you are, uh, but you are not uh, most of the time with with rare exceptions. Right. Uh, actually confined uh, in, in a certain way. I could go. I could walk an infinite amount in any direction right now and nobody would stop me. Uh, you know, be, I would drop dead before I would hit a place where, unless I went directly East into the ocean, um, you know, there's, there's, I'm free to range. Uh, but, uh, um, at some point, you know, the confidence will be back and the activity will be back and the closure of public spaces and the limitations of public spaces will be eased. 
And at some point, I guess part of the question is, up until this point, when we have talked about movie theaters versus the home, I kind of feel like we've had to act like the Oscars act about movies, wherein you come up with these highfalutin explanations for the cultural significance of what's being done and why it's intrinsically or extrinsically better or more beneficial or precious over watching a movie at home. Sure. I, Pete, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but my favorite of these is the Emmy Awards every year where someone says something along the lines of television is the global campfire around <laughs> which we all huddle to perform that most human and that most common yet most intimate of activities, telling each other a story. <laughs> That's my fa- and it's like like the swallows to Capistrano. Like every year, it's a uh, you know it's some version of that that particular uh, thing. And even this year in the the you know socially distanced Emmys, there was a like a now more than ever component to it for sure. Right for sure for sure. But what I would suggest is that we have now more than ever uh, come up with a practical example of how much it sucks to not get to leave the house, right? And and just the simple question of wouldn't you like to leave your house on a Friday or Saturday night and go do something (laughs) right like and again, it might be go to a restaurant, go to a bar. For a lot of us, it was go to a movie uh, and maybe it's go to a show of some kind. Right. Uh, Maybe maybe like me, you had a weekly Dungeons and Dragons game at a a local bar that has since closed. uh, Right. And, And you really wish that it would come back. And while it's been nice to play a campaign online, you know, if it were to open up tomorrow, you would go back to the bar like right away. Right. In fact, you might even go more often because you would be compensating for uh, now again. I have a small baby child. Uh, I'm not going to be going to the bar all the time. Uh, I have limitations on, on uh, that are that are self-set, that are not externally set on me based on my other commitments as to how much I would be able to leave the house, were I able to leave the house. But the fact that the question is moot is part of the issue, right? It's like, is there a value in entertainments that are available outside of the home? Uh, is is I, I think like this is the place that 2020 has brought us right like <laughs> would you rather not be in your apartment right now mark <laughs> right like if you had the option would you rather not be in would you rather be at a place where perhaps they served you wild wings uh, or something of that sort or, or sorry a draft drafts in a house uh right or uh or some sort of q a with nicholas cage or something um, would you want to have that opportunity? And if you had it, would you use it to watch something on a screen, right? Or something in a VR helmet or something in a fish bubble LED encased environment or like submerge you in a bunch of, of vegetable oil and then pump the matrix directly into your brain. I don't know. Okay, but like something- stop, stop. It's a, it's a family podcast. Whew. I'm sorry. I know that you have that at home, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, man, if you haven't gone 70,000K, you're not living. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people would have that right now if there were more PS5s available, but there's a shortage, all right? <laughs> Can't all mainline into the Matrix. Yeah, it's that NVIDIA card that they make <laughs> that, no, that no one can get, right? It's, it's exactly. It's like so, the to, Bitcoin miners. To, to answer your question, Pete, like all our things being equal, like I, I've mentioned on this podcast before, I got a pretty sick gaming PC here that is, um, you know, in a lot of ways, like, you know, much more entertaining than, than, than going out to see some oh, of the Mark, did you get one of the, Did you get one of those NVIDIA cards, those new NVIDIA cards? The... Oh, bro, bro. The ones that you in vegetable 30. oil and mainline you in the Matrix. <laughs> 
Yes. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it at a place that has pizza. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. $12 cocktails. Right. The, the provision. Yeah. The provision of pizza. Right. Yeah. I mean, pizza. I mean, that is an interesting one. One thing I've read recently, uh, a sort of prediction that, that I've, and I forget where. I'm sorry. I can't source this, but like the, um, was that like, hey, get ready for a roaring 20s, you know, because the I think some some sort of thing will trigger with the, all the kind of the pent up demand and just the huge emotional toll um, that uh, that feeling like you're, you know, that that the kind of the big the big changes uh, in your life are. And I, th- I think you're right to uh, really distinguish between, you know, having your civil liberties encroached in a way that is that is serious. You know, if you want to to have your civil civil liberties encroached to sign on sign on to the lawsuits brought by the state of Texas but the the you know um but like it feels like right it feels like a huge change and and is very you know um the idea that like you can't you know you can't go out or that it's scary to go out right like the reaction against this once it is no longer scary you know once like there isn't as you say sort of public action being taken on a like a public health basis um around the coronavirus. So I think it could, it could bounce back in, in huge fashion. And then, you know, the interesting thing you, you asked was like, well, what are you going to do then? Right. Yeah. Like what, what are you going to do? And like, it is, it is like, you know, sort of a joke to say, well, you're not paying for a cocktail. You're, you're paying for an experience, but you're not, not paying for an experience. You know, that's why, that's why it's a bad idea to open a, um, it's a bad idea to open an old Navy in the middle of the Hermes store, right? Like, cause you're not paying, you're not paying, you know, hundreds of dollars for a simple plain white scarf. You're paying for an experience. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, what that experience is going to be is, um, what that experience is going to be is interesting. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe you know, we'll have more sort of parlor movies where people will go to each other's homes and you'll have more house parties where people watch watch maybe not movies or stream things together. Or I guess Netflix and chill has become a sort of, uh, you know, a, an epithet a saying, which means something specific. And there might see more variations on that. Um, we might see other sorts of social shared enjoyment of this stuff, um, similar to when they closed the theaters in London in the 1600s. Right. Um, yeah. Because. Yeah. And then and then what 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 sprouted was it wasn't that theater died it was just very different and of course access to the theater was different you know it took more money to have access to the theater than it had previously um but it was mostly happening in people's homes right and so that's not great to not have people have access to things but at the same time you know um it takes a lot to kill a story i mean movies have been obsolete since the 1920s as christopher (laughs) nolan said an idea is the biggest virus that the human mind (laughs) Is that his speech at, at the Tonys or something? No, that's like? the that's the that's what uh, Leonardo DiCaprio says in Inception, right? Like, oh, uh, oh okay, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a good it seems like a good place to end, unless either of you has a better button to put on the conversation than that. Um, so, uh, well, we we will continue to uh, you know to lock down to uh, stay in our homes for the most part to watch Hallmark Christmas movies, preparing for the uh, 2020 Hallmark Christmas movie challenge, uh, supported by so many members of the Overthinking It community. And uh, we will be back 
next week with more overthinking. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for listening, Pete and Mark. Thank you for podcasting. And if you want us between now and then, Jack into the Matrix at overthinkingit.com, where we subject. You cover yourself in vegetable oil first. And jack yourself. <laughs> it's a new thing you have to do to visit overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. See, the trick is that the vegetable oil I'm talking about is actually made from pigs, but it's called vegetable oil because you're the vegetable and you put it on yourself. <laughs> Twilight Zone. <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> ah! those, are, those are on different services, Pete. Oh, yeah. You, you can't get that on HBO Max. <laughs> Gotta get an HBO Go. How about HBO Now? How about HBO oh, you, Then? You, <laughs> What about HBO soon? What about HBO later? <laughs> Who to me? <laughs> you to me. <laughs> Who to me? You to me.